asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking about Jesus Christ Super Saver, ancient wisdom and your money. <laughs> it's... So this is not our uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber version of uh, a '70s rock play. Or <laughs> did you have you ever seen Jesus Christ Superstar? I, I have never seen it somehow. Okay. <laughs> it's, but it, uh, it is a good one. We, thought, we took inspiration from that title for this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. And okay, so like not to launch into the proverbial phrases too soon, but who it is that you listen to will determine who it is that you become. And so if you're listening listening to our podcast, you listen to Joel and Matt talk about money, I think there's a good chance you're going to end up in a maybe in a similar place as us, at least financially speaking, 
compared to the rest of the world, yeah. right? Like certainly there are going to be differences between our finances and your finances. But who it is that we listen to, what we fill our minds with truly does have a massive impact like my mom on, our, on our future. Say, garbage in, garbage out. All of these things that determine your future. And so that's why we're essentially like revisiting some of these seriously ancient truths and specifically we're going to look at how it is that they pertain to your money we're going to talk about the moves that you can make and how this ancient wisdom can inform those moves yeah and we're going to tap some biblical wisdom we're going to tap some of the stoics we're that's gonna... the jesus christ part exactly <laughs> exactly and we're going to go we thought about doing like we're going to get old testament with jesus it christ well. buddha and a stoic walk into a bar kind right. of but we right. figured that started getting getting a little too long that was a little more heretical as well another title idea for this episode uh we, but I, I like what we went with. Um, but yeah, so hopefully in today's episode, we'll cover a bunch of ground. And uh, I think, Matt, especially in a time where we rely on a lot of modern wisdom, well, we thought it could be helpful to yeah bring, bring out some ancient wisdom uh, at the same time. That's right, man. Okay, real quick. Uh, I've got a frugal or cheap for you. A couple of weeks ago, some friends of ours were throwing a party. And it, it, this was an adults-only party, so no kids allowed. So this was uh, after you put the kids down to bed kind of thing. Uh-oh. And yeah, no, it, I was d- definitely looking forward to it's it. Like it was one like, of those our... creepy Tom Cruise parties, is no. it? <laughs> no, not, okay. not, not that kind of, <laughs> not an eyes wide shut, uh, whatever, <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of party. But a normal uh, grown-ups adult party. Um, and specifically, I failed to mention, this. Uh, these were some neighbors of ours directly across the street. And this raised the question as to whether or not uh, we should get a babysitter. Maybe it led to a discussion. It wasn't an all-out argument, but we got close. We were discussing it. And I felt that because it was going to just be across the street and because we have an older daughter now that it was going to be totally fine for us to put the kids down mm-hmm. walk across the street literally we we're gonna my, my idea was let's set up an ipad and if anything comes up they can just facetime us they all know how to use the ipad but you see where this is going kate disagreed with me <laughs> so uh what are your thoughts you, do you feel that i was being frugal or cheap by counting on our kids to report if, if there was anything going on oh well I, I i don't know man i'm somewhere in the middle i think probably it's frugal uh, i think if you're across the street i think you could buy, you could buy without a babysitter especially mm-hmm. since you have a nine-year-old who's um she's yeah, pretty smart she's pretty good i mean all the kids are pretty smart she can hold down the fort and plus, if it was like a real emergency and let's say the technology failed, they could just like run across the street. Right. Like literally we were right there. Uh, Kate disagreed. And I think she knew <laughs> before we ended the conversation, like we never reached a conclusion. And then the next time I brought it up, she was like, oh, we've got a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, truly, in the end, I was like, all right, that's fine. I was willing to pay a babysitter because it meant that she was going to be able to relax, maybe have uh, just a better time. Uh, but that also kind of raises another question. At what age would you feel comfortable leaving your oldest to, like you said, hold down the fort? Yeah. Uh, not necessarily just in, within the neighborhood. because uh, yeah, It depends on distance. It depends, it depends on how long distance. you're going to be gone yeah. because I would trust her now probably going across the street yeah. for an hour because they would, she would know where we were. But I don't, part of it, I don't know what age because part of, so much of it depends on how the, mature she is. The right? individual. And so, yeah. yeah. How, how do, do, I, do I trust your her circumstances with her younger siblings, especially as they grow up? Like, can they listen to her and will, right. they, will they obey? So, well, I, I don't know, but I will say, I yeah. think you guys, you did mention that you expanded your budget for babysitting services which i think is which i think is smart that you've, you've basically called out in, in your budget you've prioritized being able to go out the two of you and so I, yeah. you probably wish you would have used it on uh, a well, different I've, sort of date night, you, you kind of think that there's a way that you can do both at the same time because i see the ability
ability to A, hang out with some friends and B, also not spend the money because mm-hmm. they're just right there. And again, this was, we would have put them down. So they would have been, for the most part, especially the, the younger ones, either asleep or just reading quietly in their bed as they peacefully drifted off to sleep while we were hanging out across yeah. the street. Well, I think the other right thing to do is if it's that big of a deal to your significant other, you and say, all right, it was, yeah, all right, I guess, well, I'm not going to be, it would be cheap then because it would make her upset and she would not be able to enjoy her time. And so, yeah, you got to think about that as well. Not just whether you feel comfortable with it, but whether they feel comfortable your, your with part, it too. Your partner as well. I think, yeah, speaking of ancient wisdom, better defer to your partner, <laughs> right. refer to your spouse. What happy wife, um, happy life is always what I've heard, but that, that definitely, sounds uh, uh, old school, <laughs> but it has some truth to it. So. Yeah, it does. Uh, this is called Sour Pipe Project Apricot Crumble. This is a beer by Vitamin C Brewing. And it's not vitamin C as in like vitamin A, B, vitamin C. It's vitamin C as in vitamin ocean. And so I'm looking forward to this brewery who happens to be located by the ocean. We'll share our thoughts at the end of the episode. Very nice. All right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to checking this out. Any Anything that a beer that tastes like a pie, um, I want to try it. <laughs> so, yeah. Fruited uh, sours, lactose or, or pastry sours yeah. uh, in particular. Yeah. Yep. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, uh, Matt, let's let's move on. Let's get to the subject at hand. We are talking about ancient wisdom in this episode, and you know, it, it as as I thought about this, I was thinking, well, what is it today that most of us use somewhat regularly, but it falls short of kind of what we're used to. Maybe quality has gone down the hill, and uh, may, kind of maybe think of IKEA for some reason. Like I thought you were going to say lead pipes. Uh, they, don't, they don't make them like they used to. That's true. <laughs> the brass knuckles. They're not you know quite as thick as they used to be. Well, uh, <laughs> brass knuckles. You think, I'm not thinking. I'm not talking about like gang fights. Like, oh. I'm thinking about like actual pipes. Oh, in your plumbing. I was, okay. I was making a joke oh, because lead, like, lead pipes were terrible. Oh, they, yeah, they were. I thought you were like talking about all those fighting chains. Yeah, yeah. someone over the head with one. But <laughs> yeah, you got you got your mind on uh, what was that motorcycle Violence. game? Um, Road Rash. Oh yeah, Sega Genesis. That's the kind of lead pipe you're you're thinking of. That, that's exactly right. what I was thinking of. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, yeah, it, he, he chose violence. <laughs> but I'm thinking about IKEA, and I'm thinking like we we have a few IKEA pieces in our house. Yeah, M- mostly we do too for storage in our kids' room. They're, they're basically like the the cheap bookshelves, right? But yeah, nothing I've encountered in IKEA as I'm walking through there has ever come close to the beauty and the sturdiness that our favorite antique furniture pieces that we have in our house possess, right? I I love my Brazilian rosewood table. Oh, uh, fancy. Yeah, we have a mid-century teak desk. At, I didn't know you are so wealthy, Joel. <laughs> they're not even terribly expensive. Uh, we have 70-year-old walnut dressers, Matthew. You're just you're just bragging now. A life of opulence. <laughs> yes, it's true. And and rich mahogany, the smell of leather. <laughs> yes. And these are but these are pieces we plan to have forever and they were, they yeah, were not even yeah. terribly expensive pieces to begin with but they're they're a far cry from let's say the ikea wardrobe that crumbled when we tried to move it that one time i swear we paid 50 dollars for that it lasted for a couple years in the house we tried to move it and it basically disintegrated in front of our eyes well um you know it, that, and that could just, <laughs> it just be, evaporates right yes <laughs> where, where did it go it teleported to another realm it's, it's like the snap <laughs> thanos <laughs> right well and that could just be maybe because our skills with an allen wrench aren't very good and so it, it it lasts for a minute, but I don't know. I think it made me think that no one really ever gets jazzed about inheriting their parents' 
Kallax shelving unit sure, or something like sure. that, right? But that 100-year-old mahogany chest, that's a different story. It's like this family heirloom and the way it's crafted and made is you might be thrilled to get that one of these days. And I think the same is true when it comes to modern advice, right? There's some there's some good stuff out there, but the best of it is actually based on ancient wisdom that has stood the test of time. And so we want to uh, really talk about older money advice that's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, delve into that and see maybe what it has to say to us today. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'm not on TikTok, but I've seen some of the videos that are, that are out there that masquerade as financial advice that's floating around there on the platform out there in the ether. And if you are only listening to folks on TikTok, for instance, there's a lot of wisdom that you're missing out on when we only pay attention to, you know, like influencers on some of the different social media platforms. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't solid folks out there who are doing decent work in the short form format. There definitely are. But the best wisdom, the best advice stands the test of time, like you said. And, and you know, we're not just picking on social media as well. There's crappy financial advice even in, in legacy media, you know, like the more traditional forms of media. Oh, even in some of the bigger papers. TV, just papers, blogs. Worse. There's bad books out there as yeah. well. Just because you get a publishing deal or you self-publish, that doesn't necessarily mean that there is good advice within that book, within that text. Uh, so in today's episode, we're going to we're gonna be pulling from the Bible. We're going to be talking about stoicism and just some of these other wisdom traditions from hundreds to thousands of years before our time. Uh, and then we'll connect that ancient wisdom to like a modern implementation in order to help you to determine what it is that you should be doing with your money. Yeah. And you just mentioned books, Matt, and it makes me think like most of the books that people read these days are actually new books, right? And yet we have so many uh, rich books from years and years and years ago that we just never even touch. And um, I I subscribe to this uh, newsletter, actually, it's called Read More Books. And this guy, Jeremy Anderberg, runs it. And and he reads 100 plus books a year. And so I just kind of want to, you know, as somebody who's an avid reader who writes a newsletter about it, I'm constantly curious, well, what is it that he's reading? And, And maybe is there something worth reading for me? And he just wrote a top 10 list that includes some of his takeaways from having read more than a thousand books, which wow. is impressive. And one suggestion that he gave, which I thought was just helpful, was to not read the new shiny books that get marketed to us, to spend more time with the classics. And and I I think he's spot on there. I couldn't agree more. I think the, the same is true when it comes to helpful thoughts on money, right? There are, uh, like you admitted, Matt, some, some great personal finance influencers giving really helpful advice on some of the socials, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it is. But the more we can incorporate ancient wisdom alongside folks who are good at translating it for modern ears, the more thorough our understanding and connection to this subject that that has this massive impact, this massive massive influence on all of us is going to be. And it's not necessarily that old books are automatically good or wise or better. It's important to be... They are automatically dustier. (laughs) But we we want folks to be thoughtful about which ancient wisdom texts uh, that we look at, that we read, that we listen to. Uh, Makes me think about a book that we've been checking out uh, that came out recently called Super Abundance. Speaking of newer books, (laughs) Uh, this is uh, a newer book, but it's a quality book and it's pretty nerdy. It's written by two economists. Uh, But at the beginning of the book, they're basically going through some of these different economists' views of, of how humanity would progress over the... And these are predictions that were made like, I mean, hundreds of years ago. 16, 1700, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Most of them were way off. <laughs> we're seriously off. Uh, and they often thought that the Earth was becoming overpopulated and that we would basically run out of resources, that uh, civilization would collapse. 
and that's often referred to as the Malthusian view uh, because Thomas Robert Malthus, uh, perhaps, I think that's his middle name. He was the most famous person arguing from that vantage point. Uh, but this, you know, this book is all about just how wrong his views have come to be uh, <laughs> over the years. You know, instead of fewer resources, we've like got Malthusian refutation. Yes. Yeah. We, we've got more resources these, these days instead of fewer uh, calories per person that are available to us now food is it's widely plentiful even if some of those resources aren't being properly matched to those who, who need it in the immediate short term uh, i could go on and on human ingenuity has just proven to overcome these resource limitations and so you know while we are certainly critical of a lot of the modern advice that is dispensed today it's important to question the validity of old advice as well don't just take it as canon don't don't just take it as you know truth just because it was written to 300 plus years ago yeah and in fact depending on what topic you're delving into there there's probably a lot that's changed scientifically ge- geographically like our understanding of a lot Absolutely. of things have developed and so you don't want to go back that far but yeah if, if you're a doctor don't look back at some of the old texts of <laughs> right. like uh, bloodletting how, yeah. how, how that should be something that we don't go watch the nick in. and then perform surgery like that like that's not that's probably not a good approach but one of the reasons that ancient wisdom often holds up is because even though the times have changed human nature hasn't and even though Mm. our financial systems and the products that are available to us wouldn't have been recognizable even just a couple hundred years ago uh, the, the emotions that humans possess remain just as true and consistent as ever even though there are better tools at our disposal we still have a hard time using them appropriately and effectively because scarcity, jealousy, greed, like people were dealing with all those things, all those emotions thousands of years ago. But it's not like we've been able to eradicate them in any way, form or fashion. Like we're still dealing with them today uh, just as much, if not more so. And so, yeah, some things never change because human nature never really changes. And this is also why we're able to take a neutral stance when it comes to you know whether or not something like money is a good or bad thing, right? It's, it's not inherently either one of those things because it comes down to what the individual is doing with that money. You can, you can use the tool for good or for bad, but it all comes down really to how you wield it. That's right, yeah, money is not inherently virtuous, right? It is a completely passive tool. So we're, we're gonna go back even further though uh, than just some of the economists and predictions that were made a few hundred years ago. We're gonna go back further. We're going to focus less on economists and their ilk. We're more interested in these time-tested passages from literally from millennia past uh, that rang true then, but also have a similar resonance today. We're going to talk about how those truths apply to your money. We'll get to that right after this break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. 
Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Cachava is the all in one superfood shake made up of high quality plant based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Cachava really earns their 52,000 plus five star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money all right matt let, let's keep going with this let's talk money and ancient wisdom and maybe let's let's uh start with the hebrew bible in fact where uh specifically there's a lot of proverbs that speak to uh to money Mm -hmm. and that speak to a life well lived and the thing is you don't have to be jewish or be a christian to gain value from the wisdom the copious amounts of wisdom that spring from the 66 books in the bible the the books in the old testament uh or as uh, the the hebrew bible right and and the reality is that our whole society is infused with judeo-christian ethics they they form the basis of much of our cultural reality the our country was Cer- largely founded on a lot of those mm-hmm. ethical Certainly considerations our, our legal structures as well that uh that govern our, our country today right but i think it's it can be hard for us to to see that 
because it's the water we swim in and we're like, what's water? Um, well, it is truly uh, kind of all around us. So it, it can be hard if you're not looking for it to see that it's it's kind of the reality of the world around us in so many ways. And Matt, much of the wisdom from those traditions kind of feels less accessible to us today. And I think it's because our nation isn't nearly as steeped in the wisdom literature from these two monotheistic religions, not nearly as much as we used to be, at least. Sure. And you know, that's not to, we're not, no judgment here, but um, we do think that, religious or not, spending more time with these books can help us better understand ourselves, the people around us, and the society that we live in. And we think that spending some time with uh, the Proverbs, with some of this wisdom literature, can help us understand money better, too. Yeah, you know, what's really interesting is I bet there are a lot of folks out there who know way more Bible verses than they realize because they just thought that they were just sayings that their grandma said. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're like, man, grandma was so wise. And it's like, well... I think she was wise, but I think she also just knew the Bible or she knew a lot of verses uh, and was in touch with ancient wisdom more than we are now. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, And so like one that kind of falls within that that vein is Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, which is pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. I think a lot of times in my mind, at least always shorten that one to like pride goes before the fall. Yeah. But in reality, it's uh, yeah, it's it's not quite that one. Let's just abbreviate that modern wisdom or the ancient (laughs) wisdom. Uh, It's uh, yeah, the how to money. Uh, translation. <laughs> Proverbs is just one of those books, though, that it's con- it's considered wisdom literature. Uh, and instead of these the hard and fast rules of what you can and can't do, they're more like rules of thumb. Uh, and this one is it's basically stating that the more prideful we are, the more likely we are to end up in a bad place. You know, like we actually had an episode not too long ago where we talked about the characteristics of great investors and humility. That was up there as one of the most important characteristics that we that we think folks should embody when it comes to getting far with their money. And because the fact is, if we're too prideful to take important, helpful advice, uh, or if we're just even unwilling to admit that we don't know everything, there's a good chance that it's going to wreak havoc within our lives. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe can we give kind of uh, a modern example of this, Matt? I think maybe that'll help connect the dots. There's well, pl- plenty of examples of <laughs> there's pride so many. in our world, world today. There's so many. Yes. I mean, we could spend the whole rest of the episode giving examples. But uh, it just made me think of uh, everyone's good friend, Kanye West, was on CNBC <laughs> recently talking about his breakup with The Gap. And, you know, he, uh, he has... Uh, helped the gap be i guess more successful which is not just that's not saying a whole lot because the gap has been pretty pathetic for a whole lot of years now but yeah they have now parted ways and so uh yeah kanye was on cnbc and he basically told the host that he refuses to take advice from people who have less money than he does and of course the interviewer she was pretty speechless because uh that's just odd but that's that's kanye for you right and i don't know but his response to me it was telling because he thinks he's the only guy in the room who knows what he's doing? He thinks he's the most talented. And when you think of yourself in that way, you're bound to make bigger mistakes at some point. And whether that's because there truly is someone who has more knowledge than you do, maybe it's because they're simply able to provide a different perspective, or, or maybe it has uh, more to do with the social impacts of someone who's prideful, right? Either way, like to, to say that you can't accept advice from someone who is uh, less financially successful than you are, to me reflects a pretty prideful spirit and a lack of realizing that we can learn from all sorts of people around us. Like, you know what? I could learn something from Kanye. <laughs> even uh, despite his kind of uh, erratic behavior. And the more that we are on the lookout for wisdom from from the mouths of others, I think the the better off we're going to be. That's right, man. Yeah, let's uh, keep moving. Then let's snag another one from Proverbs. This is from chapter 22. Verse one reads, a good name is more desirable than great riches. 
to be esteemed is better than silver or gold. And so basically what this one is saying is that money is not everything. So you, you kind of gave Kanye a, as an example. Which he, My, he always <clears> did a <throat> Sunday service thing. I feel like uh, we could go there and read some of these passages. He, for, he found Jesus yeah. uh, according. Maybe he has. Maybe he hasn't. I don't know. That's not for me to decide or to judge. Uh, but you gave him as an example. My mind kind of drifts off to uh, somebody else who basically completely ruined the reputation, which is Bernie Madoff. Uh, let's imagine that uh, even though he had done all the terrible things he did, uh, let's imagine that he had somehow avoided going to jail. He had managed to hang on to all of his money. Would you rather be the guy or the girl with ludicrous, ridiculous amounts of money uh, where you've got billions in the bank, but everyone hates you? Or would you rather just be a regular person with average assets who has a solid reputation where you're able to, to live a just a fulfilling and happy life? And while there might be some folks out there who might be tempted to, I think truly you would know that that would not lead to, to you being happy um, because I th- you know a lot of us here are we're keen to build wealth right we're, we're here to develop better money habits um, but we obviously don't want to do it at the expense of our integrity I just saw a recent survey actually showing that folks they care more about being respected at work than they care actually about making more money uh, I think there's totally something to that even if there are if there's like this underlying truth that folks aren't even aware of uh, like I think that those desires are pointing to like a higher a more ultimate truth uh, we would all be more than happy to get a 20% raise tomorrow but if that came alongside a boss who doesn't respect us or maybe who puts us down constantly that fatter paycheck it is not going to keep us around very long ultimately it's not about the money it's also about how we're treated as individuals and the other things that matter in life uh, you're talking when you're talking about Kanye it also makes me think about just how somebody who's prideful there are just social barriers that get like these mores and norms and traditions that also just get pushed to the side with somebody who's who's prideful and so feelings get hurt bridges get burned and there are individuals who are like all right well even if that guy is like the smartest guy in the room or even if that guy is the most wealthy person around i don't like how he treats people i don't like how he treats me uh and it makes you not necessarily want to do business with somebody like that we've all known somebody who was the best at something or just really really good at something but because of how prideful they are because of how how much of a show-off they might be. It's like, we just don't want to hang around them. And it doesn't yeah. matter that they're brilliant in, in uh, a brilliant designer or something like that. It's like, I just, I'd rather work with the second most <laughs> brilliant designer because uh, the person who is the best at this is just too tough to get along with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, okay, so we're going to get past just the Proverbs, Matt, but there's just really is, when you're talking about old school wisdom, wisdom literature that has a lot to say to us today about money proverbs is really the place to start we're going to get to some of the stoics we're even going to get to some new testament christianity but something else from proverbs 22 real quick about death yeah proverbs 22 is a good one yeah yeah this is definitely (laughs) one worth looking at there's a there's a lot there well verse 7 says the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender and uh yeah we've talked about having loads of debt how it can impact your mental faculties right how it how debt kind of makes you dumber the reality is like studies show that you're if you're walking around uh, up to your eyeballs in debt you're gonna lose something like 10 to 12 points off your iq it's going to be more difficult to make smart decisions if you're hanging on to boatloads of debt but of course the truth is that uh that when you have loads of debt right each paycheck requires payments to your creditors so money that's coming in every two weeks well a good portion of it is going out in order to pay the piper and we don't want you to be uh house poor we don't want you to be a servant to the credit card companies to visa or to american express and that doesn't mean that all debt is dumb either right we talked about that the strategic use of debt in episode 566 the the principle i think we can extract 
tracked here is that going overboard on debt, owing too many folks too much money creates an imbalance in your life that can put you in a precarious position. And Matt, as we read that little passage, right, that the borrower is servant to the lender, I think sometimes that's been that's been abused. And it's basically told people that like debt is is not okay, regardless of circumstance. Ever. Yeah, it's been used right. as like a bludgeon to hit, hit people over the head with to you see how stupid debt is. Well, that's what we were trying to avoid talking about the strategic use of debt when we discussed it. And it makes me think of, uh, of a friend who um, decided to pay off his student loans, even though based on where he was working, he was going to be eligible to have those loans forgiven. And he not only did he, did he use money that he had on hand to pay off that student loan debt early that would have been forgiven, what, what he opted to do was to sell some of his assets, to sell some of his investments to pay off those loans early. And now that he stepped back from the movies made years ago, he has a little more wisdom. He he wishes he hadn't have done it because the truth is that debt would have been forgiven. And uh, on the flip side, his investments would have seen you know quite an increase. And so while it is true that the borrower is servant to the lender, there's a lot of truth in that phrase. Um, it's also, like you said, these are rules of thumb coming from the Proverbs. It's basically wise counsel, pointing us in the right direction, not telling us exactly mm-hmm. how to behave in every instance. Right. Yeah. But simultaneously, I, I mean, I would say that if there is somebody out there who feels that based on like because of principle that they want to pay off all debts that they owe, even though that there is a chance of it getting forgiven, I personally would take advantage of any sort of forgiveness program. Uh, but that being said, I, I do think that folks can fall on different sides of that fence. And while he may have changed his mind, had he not changed his mind and in retrospect, if he was just like, nope. I still think that that was a wise decision. I totally would stand by anybody who feels that they are making the right decision for them personally. Well, we've talked about that with some of our friends or, or you know guests on the show who have paid off a mortgage early, right? And we've sure. said, that's not, that's not what we're going to do, but it, it makes sense to us from a psychological and yeah. a money perspective. Exactly. If that debt is frustrating you to the point where you got to get rid of it and you'd rather prioritize that over other things, that's okay. But it's also, I think, yeah, there's, there's wisdom here in not taking this little passage as something that says like I must uh, sell all my possessions to get rid of my debt before I do anything else. Exactly. All right. Let's talk about some fancy living. And this is uh, another one from Proverbs. Uh, This is from chapter 21. And in verse 17, it says that whoever loves pleasure will become poor. Whoever loves wine and olive oil will never be rich. And what about craft beer? Does it say anything about craft beer, Matt? <laughs> I feel there's a there's a slight sense of uh, judge, not judgment, conviction. Yeah. That's the uh, I guess that's maybe what I'm feeling a little bit because obviously back then wine and olive oil they were delicacies in ancient times. And so yeah, is is this proverb saying that you can't like nice things? Well, no, but it is possible to put too much emphasis on them if we say that we love craft beer. And oftentimes I think we, we, maybe we use the word love too often, but there's a difference between saying that like, oh man, I really love craft beer versus in my heart, it being something that completes me and and not just fancy food or drink, but anything uh, I think can can kind of take that place in your heart. And this one's interesting too, because I think it's a warning to those who are successful, right? Because if you might be listening and you're thinking, well, all right, that's that's fine, but I've got zero temptation to do that in my life. I'm living pay- paycheck to paycheck. I'm barely making enough to pay for the essentials. Well, definitely still pay attention, but this is a warning to those who are at the the, the stage in their wealth building game that they have a little bit more dis- disposable income. They have the ability. They've got a little more margin on hand, and they're thinking, oh, well, what am I going to spend my money on now? And you start to spend it on some of these nicer things, which I believe can be a slippery slope. I think if 
by spending a little bit, if that puts you on this path to losing control of your spending and, and where it is that your money is going, I think it's better to not have spent that money at all on that thing and to have never experienced this thing that could have brought you some some joy in your life if it means that you're going to see a lot more of your money uh, going to waste and potentially your, your life even ruined as well. All right. Makes me think of Diderot's robe. We've talked about that on the show before, right? He's the <laughs> French philosopher. The Diderot effect. Yeah. Who who gets a, a new robe and th- for some reason, everything else in his life looks dingy. Like he was frugal and he gets this one nice new piece of clothing and then all of a sudden he goes bankrupt basically trying to update everything else around him and i think that is you're right that's a real problem we're going to give kind of the the counterbalance point to that in a little bit uh when we go over some stoic advice matt but but it is true i think you're right that it's easy to fall in love with nice things and once we started incorporating more nice things into our lives it's hard for us to go back we as humans we have a hard time yeah Uh, once you start getting your house clean twice twice a month it's hard to go back to once a month right stuff Mm -hmm. like that so you have to be careful about what you bring in on the front end and uh matt let's do something else from the bible from christian tradition this is finally not in the proverbs (laughs) this is from luke chapter 12 this is a parable that that Jesus tells about storing up possessions for yourself here on earth. And this farmer, he harvests crops and he yields just such a bounty that he decides to, to not only just uh, build bigger storehouses, but tear down the old ones uh, so that he can build bigger ones in their stead. And that once he once he has those built and his his massive harvest stored, he can just eat, drink and be merry. He doesn't even have to think about the future anymore. He's got himself set for life. And um, I think you know, there's a sense in which maybe we all think like that, that our pursuit of financial independence is going to allow us to not have to rely on anyone or anything. Uh, but while Jesus is speaking, he's basically speaking to the where we pin our eternal hope in this passage. But a, a simple and practical lesson behind this parable, too, is that life is fleeting. And mm-hmm. th- this guy, he decides to build these bigger barns so that he can store his stuff. And then just chillax, right? Just rest on his laurels, hang out, sip lemonade in his rocking chair. Uh, but the, the reality is that not a single one of us knows if we're going to wake up tomorrow to enjoy the fruits of our labor. You know, eventually we're all going to die, <laughs> which which actually probably, Matt, makes it a good time for us to start talking about the Stoics, their wisdom, because they were, were kind of hyper-focused mm-hmm. on the ultimate reality the of Memento death. Mori. That's right. Keeping that uh, the eventuality of death front and center uh, on the, the tippy tops of their minds. That's right, yes. Yeah. So we'll talk about some some Stoic wisdom. We'll even get into a little bit of Buddhism, and we'll get to we'll get to that ancient wisdom and how it intersects with our money right after this break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to cachava.com slash how to money. That's spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A and get 10% off your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash how to money. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best-fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, now that we wrapped up that Jesus Christ Super Saver segment, uh, <laughs> we can move on to the Stoics. It still cracks me up to say that out loud. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good title. <laughs> uh, the Stoics. All right. So when you think about the fact that these folks lived in ancient Greece, like like 2,000 years ago, it is impressive to hear some of the wisdom that they possessed. Uh, and so the Stoic philosophy, it's all about building resilience uh, and that no matter what circumstances you are born into, that you will grow into confidence that you can take on anything. Uh, it's no surprise that I feel like Stoic, Stoicism is sort of making a comeback today, yeah. uh, whether that's just sort of the current financial 
crisis or the you know like where markets are or just the kind of world that we live in today uh, but there's a lot of great truths that we can take from stoicism and apply those to not only our lives but to personal finances well, as well I think living in a time of abundance like we have now like it, it there's even more necessity for self-restraint and the stoics really talked about that a That's great deal right yeah yeah because at the time like Greek civilization was at its pinnacle yeah. like it was at the peak and but the, they were also uh, realized that they, it, partaking in that uh, engorging yourself on the abundance was not bringing about that happiness right. and ultimate fulfillment. Yeah, totally yeah, agree. That's right. And that's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting because there's certainly a parallel to that today within our world where we have the most comfort, the most information at our fingertips as well. It's, it's like we the lack most wealth. Even the poorest among us have more wealth yes. than uh, really was imaginable throughout most of history. Yeah. I mean, and, and just the internet, like literally we were, we lack very little in our modern age in particular in this country. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Epictetus, Matt, he's one of the most fascinating Stoics to me, partly because he was born into slavery and his name literally means the acquired one. And he spent the first 30 years of his life in chains and he, he once said that wealth consists not in having great possessions, but in having few wants. That's, that's the quote I remember from him most. And then Seneca, another of the great Stoic philosophers, said that contented poverty is an honorable estate. And I think those two quotes really go together for me because at the heart of both of them is the ability to be completely satisfied with mm-hmm. where you're at in life. Even if your lot in life, even if the place where you are isn't where you want to be, even if there's a lot of progress left to be made, but to realize that getting more money, more possessions, a bigger house, a nicer car, that they're not actually going to bring fulfillment, we would say it's wise to desire the upside of wealth without being dependent on it. And I think it's really easy, Matt, for us to think that once we cross a certain threshold, whether it's net worth wise or whether it's success in our career wise, whether it's achieving the position or a certain amount of podcast downloads or something like that, that that's going to make you happy. The truth is... Oh, it will. (laughs) The truth is once you get to that point, there's always a next hill to climb. And so it never does really make you happy as a human. And so you have to find your contentedness in other places right. and, and being able to, yeah, see kind of how the Stoics were able to do it, how they thought about it, I think can be really informative to how we start to think about our, our own trajectory. Yeah, we're constantly moving the goalposts. Uh, and so, what? yeah, while you're talking about how we often seek after more possessions, here's another banger from Seneca, which is, it is the quality rather than the quantity that matters. This is a great one because it feels like our society is it's often focused on just acquiring more stuff, you know, like not just finding fulfillment in those in those things, but just more and more, you know, it's, it's sort of like the bigger is better kind of mantra. But we feel, for instance, it's way better to focus on quality over quantity. We think it's better to have like quality relationships rather than a, a slew of acquaintances and spending our, our money on quality items is something uh, worth prioritizing as well. Like in a world of fast fashion and uh, prepackaged foods, disposable toys, um, a world of plastic, basically, <laughs> uh, it's helpful to rethink our spending patterns. Uh, and, you know, at least for me, that, that's meant buying fewer things, but oftentimes more just expensive ones uh, as it pertains to quality because they're going to last for a much longer time. It's like those antique pieces versus the Ikea pieces that we talked about at the beginning. Exactly. And not to disparage Ikea, there's a time and place and depending on on where where you are in life, but simultaneously, yeah, I think there's a lot that can be learned not only from buying higher quality items that are going to last, but also the different things that we pour our time and energy into as well. Yeah. All right, another good one from Seneca because he, he was full of them. He said that until we begin to go without them, we fail to realize how unnecessary many things are. 
and I mean, that's so ridiculously true. We would suggest that it would be helpful, a uh, helpful exercise to walk through your house, finding objects that you really wanted at one point. We all have those. And then uh, things maybe you thought you couldn't live without in order to see whether or not they're making you happy, whether they're paying dividends. And uh, are, are you still using that? What was a must have item? Are mm-hmm. you using it regularly? And a good place to start would probably be your closet, right? Do you still have tags on those new items you purchased months and months ago saying that you, oh man, I can't wait to wear this. This is going to be the perfect piece for this and this occasion. Well, so, so many of the things we identify as needs are actually just wants, right? And we would do well to think about the things we purchased that are actually unnecessary. And to keep this lesson front of mind for future purchases, and it might even be helpful to purposefully go without some things and start to uh, clear out some of the items in your house you aren't using as frequently to give away to people who who might use those things more, with more regularity. But the truth is a lot of us have probably a lot of unnecessary things floating around our house, things that cost us money to buy and that costs us time to produce the money and when the reality is that our time is our most important asset uh, we have often squandered it in the pursuit of things that aren't really moving the needle for us that's right well so actually as you're talking about being charitable uh, marcus aurelius he's another one of the the most famous stoic philosophers out there he said that the only wealth which you keep forever is the wealth that you have given away and you know i, I feel that we've lost the understanding of this in our culture who, you know, that always does want to have more. Uh, but it is so true that when you, you know, give your time, your money away, that you do become a happier person. Uh, oftentimes the folks who are most generous are the ones who actually have the least amount of possessions. Um, but, we, you know, we think that giving your money away regularly to causes, to, to folks or, you know, who, who you're passionate about, who you want to see advanced in the world, that that is going to allow you to, to see your money do good around you, also giving you a healthier relationship with money in general. Yeah, we've always said that giving your money away gives you a more healthy relationship to your money. Lessening your attachment to something that is a tool, right? And that you can use for good, but that you can use to see good happen in the world around you, specifically through nonprofits or in generosity to individuals who are in need nearby where you live. And Matt, I want to hit one more from Seneca, who he said, for the wise man does not consider himself unworthy of any gifts from fortune's hand. He does not love wealth, but he would rather have it. He does not admit it into his heart, but into his home. And what wealth is his, he does not reject, but keeps, wishing it to supply greater scope for him to practice his virtue. And I really love this one because, yeah, I think, you know, you and I, we really believe that building wealth is a good thing. Obviously, we talk about it a lot (laughs) on this this podcast, Mm -hmm. but it's important to ask ourselves, is our pursuit of building wealth helping us become more of who we want to be? Or is it detracting from it? And I think at different points in my, in my life, Matt, I've found that my attempts at building well, I've been so focused on the money side of my life that I've been missing out on things that are actually more important. And I think what Seneca is speaking to here, he's talking about not letting the wealth we acquire get too close to our hearts, influencing and changing who we are. And so I think you can do both those things simultaneously. I think I think you can rather have wealth, like he says, without loving it, while keeping sure. keeping wealth um, really in a, in a healthy spot in your life where it is something that you are keen to, to build, keen to preserve, but that gets demoted down the list of uh, biggest priorities in your life. Yeah, man, I love the casualness of it. You know, he would rather have it. He does not love money. Uh, there's this sort of 
like not laissez-faire approach, but just kind of like a casual, open-handed. Uh, it's not something that you're clinging to. It's not something that you're striving after. With, it's, it's not ambivalence, but it's somewhere in between there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've said a lot. We've quoted a, a bunch from Seneca, but he, he also talks about the like what is the proper amount of wealth for an individual to have. Uh, and he says, first of all, it's having enough money uh, that you're able to cover the essential things in life. But then secondly, it's just simply having enough which I love because it, man, it's like a double-edged sword because what that means is that like pretty much anybody listening to this can decide right now that they have enough. You just have to decide that. But again, you can flip that on its head though, because there might be somebody who would always say that like, well, I don't have enough. And it could always be this thing that they're striving after where they are just wanting more and more and Feeding more. Feeding the beast. Exactly. That's insatiable. Yeah. And so I, I think there's a lot of power there, but basically I think what Seneca is getting at is the, the ability for us to rein in our behavior and uh, how it is that we view and perceive and pursue money, it comes down to us as individuals. I don't think there's there's not like necessarily a right or wrong amount of money, but it's all about how it is that we do the dang thing. Yeah, that reminds me of another saying that my mom used to say back then. Speaking of ancient wisdom, Matt, uh, <laughs> uh, she's she's not that old, but uh, she would always, <laughs> but she would always tell me that how like it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah, and there's it matters so much truth to it, right? That that it is how it's not the words that are coming out of your mouth; it's the way in which you are treating someone while you say it, and whether you're saying it with like anger or whether you're saying it out of love, it's. People perceive that. And so much of the same is true, I think, when it comes to how we handle our money um, and the way in which we go about it matters. And I, I don't know, there's this uh, con- uh, concept in Buddhism called the middle way. I think it's worth mentioning here too. Um, basically, it's this call to avoid extremes. And uh, the reality is we live in a society that is incredibly polarized, which I would say makes it easier said <laughs> than done, right? We're kind of fighting uphill to live in a way that's different from our modern culture, from popular culture. You know, political views are fierce. You know, money views can be as well. You know, on that front, Matt, it makes me think of the fire movement. It's kind of an extreme way to view your money. It's, that's true. It's, it's not that there aren't great principles there and great people in the movement, but we've also said that uh, you, you and I, we've also always really talked about kind of a middle way that would focus not on depriving yourself, but also on not overindulging. And and that's just constantly what we're trying to espouse here is is balance. Basically, this middle way with your finances, enjoying the here and now while realizing that money is a piece of the puzzle while saving and investing wisely for your future. And it is not the easiest thing to get right. I think it's a pendulum that is constantly swinging because we as humans, we never really kind of find the sweet spot and stay there. <laughs> we're, we're always kind of on the march to, to be in that sweet spot. And so it's okay to see that in yourself because I think anybody who's trying to be decent with their money sees that in their own lives, right? That, that at times they are too frugal and at other times they might prioritize in investing for the future more than they should, they should enjoy some of the fruits of their labor in the here and now. And that maybe we, you might think after hearing us talk about this, oh man, I haven't really thought about giving my money away at all. And maybe it's a good time for you to reconsider, well, maybe you're too attached to your money. And it would be a good idea to look for ways to give of what you've been given to care for those around you, people who, who have more need than you do. But Matt, it's it's just fun to kind of go over some of these, these ancient quotes, some of these ancient texts.
text to gain wisdom because there are a lot of deep and beautiful truths here that I think like we can all uh, run through the filter of modern life and kind of start to make different choices with how we think about how we approach our money. Totally. Yeah. And it's not lost on us, too, that we barely just touched on like Buddhism and uh, <laughs> any tradition that some of the Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. Like Eastern traditions, as opposed to most of what we talked about today was kind of more from the Western tradition. We're speaking to things that we're more familiar with, at least. Very, very but there's true. a lot more we could dive into. There is, yep. For sure. I could totally see us doing an entirely new episode where we do dive into some of those uh, Eastern traditions and some of the wisdom that can be garnered there and how it is that we can apply that to our money. So, yeah, maybe look out for that one in the future. But Joel, we're going to go ahead and shift to our beer that you and I enjoyed. This was Apricot Crumble. Uh, This is a beer by Vitamin C Brewing. What were your thoughts on this one, dude? Yeah, I feel like actually uh, a month or so ago, I got a pie from one of our local pie making shops and it tastes a lot like this one. <laughs> it was so good. And and the beer was delicious as well. It's like the apricots came through nicely. I think ours was a peach crumble. Um, but uh, apricots ha- are like a little sweeter, have just like a little more tartness going on. This one had like some of the cr- fresh crust vibes as well going on with like a dash of cinnamon in there to go along with it. So uh, this definitely tasted like the beer version of a delicious pie. And I guess, hey, I like it a lot. Yeah, I liked it as well. It, what, it, so it wasn't, so was, we've had some of the beers by uh, Humble Forager. It also makes me think of uh, Tripping Animals, where all all of their oh, beers gosh. are in the style, but they're yeah. often just boozier and they're just uh, just way thicker, a lot heavier. And this was a similar style, but they didn't get too crazy with it. I felt that they kept the amount of sweetness in check, where it felt like it was a... Uh, not quite ripe apricot, right? right? Like it was a little bit tart, like maybe had like a, a slight amount of crunch as opposed to where you're you're looking at it. Because the best fruit, like the sweetest fruit, it never looks good, yeah. right? Like right. You, you look at it and you think, oh, should I toss that? But then you, you know, wash it and eat it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like the sweetest, <laughs> most delicious ripe fruit that I've ever had. I feel like this one tasted like an apricot that looked real nice which also meant that it was a little bit tart. Yeah. But it totally had some of those crumble crust notes going on. Some of that, um, I think there's like some of that lactose in it as well. It made it taste nice and creamy. It was really enjoyable. And I don't think we've ever actually had a beer by vitamin C before. But yeah, I'm glad that you were able to pick this one up and uh, we were able to share it during this episode. No doubt. Uh, me too. It was, a, it was a good one. But that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to sign up for the How to Money newsletter on our website at howtomoney.com slash newsletter makes sense right it'll show up into your inbox every tuesday morning hopefully giving you a nice chuckle along with some good money information but matt that's going to do it for this episode until next time best friends out best friends out It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! 
am comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.